0: Well, have you ever noticed how many Christmas songs refer to bells? There's Carol of the Bells, Christmas Bells are Ringing, Silver Bells, Jingle Bells, oh, and if that were not enough, Jingle Bell Rock, and it goes on and on. Bells and Christmas just seem to go hand in hand. Well, where did this idea of Christmas bells come from? Well, I did a little bit of checking, and it seems that the tradition was a holdover from the pre-Christian days in Europe. The people of that era believed that bells and and other noisemakers would frighten away evil spirits. So especially in the winter, when the darkness was so pervasive, they would hang bells on their doors. And these people, when they became Christian, they carried this tradition into the celebration of the birth of Christ and his victory over evil and sin. And as night gave way to dawn on Christmas morning, churches would ring their bells now I grew up in a church in Savannah, Georgia, that had a beautiful carillon up, and, and the bells. I mean, I climb up that ladder sometimes to watch. Uh, there were three generations of Owens men that did the chimes and played uh, hymns on those bells at St. John's Episcopal Church there. The beautiful thing, if you've never seen it or, or, or heard it, well, this the bells of Christmas remind people that no matter what's going on, we can believe, keep the faith. And believe. And this is a challenge, I think, even in today to, to to believe, to keep faith in something, to keep faith in God, to keep faith and, and keep hope alive. Storms, wars, famine, human trafficking, rebellion, unrest in the streets, and life in this cold dark world sometimes has a way of, of dimming our belief, doesn't it? Indeed, my guess is that there may be a few people that, that for whom the, the, the hope of Christmas bells may have gone silent. Maybe it's some personal tragedy, the death of a loved one, a divorce, a devastating uh, disappointment, a debilitating illness, or a financial collapse, or, or maybe a loss of a job. Whatever trigger, the doubts start to creep in, and it's... Oftentimes it's when we start to say, well, "Where is God? If there really is a God?" And if there really is a God all good and all-powerful, then why is he concerned about me about what I'm going through?" And trust me, God's used to those kind of questions. It's not going to hurt his inner child, and he's got big enough shoulders that he can handle those questions. But for some, the bells of Christmas have stopped ringing in their soul. I mentioned some classic Christmas bell songs earlier, and to be sure, most of them don't really, sorry Bruce, don't have a lot of substance, you know, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way, you know, come on. It's it's a fun, cute song, but you know, not a lot of substance. I like the songs Bruce just shared with us here a minute ago. But there's one song that talks about bells at Christmas that I believe has great meaning, and it speaks to our souls even today. The lyrics come from a poem written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, one of America's greatest poets. Longfellow was born in 1807 in Portland, Maine, which at that time, Maine was still part of Massachusetts. He graduated from Bowden College, became a professor there, and and later a professor at Harvard College after going and studying in Europe. He was one of the rare poets uh, to have Uh, to have his work not just appreciated, but lauded during his lifetime. He didn't have to wait till he died for people to appreciate what he had written. He was extolled as a great American poet early in his career, and he was beloved, and and rarest of all, he was actually paid well for what he did, which, you know, artists aren't always paid well. I heard that, amen. Uh, (laughs) But uh, at the height of his career, Longfellow had everything. He seemed to get everything. But in July 1861, an unthinkable thing happened. His wife Fanny's dress caught fire. And it wasn't just a dress like you see ladies in the day. It was one of those big hoop skirt type type dresses. Her dress caught fire at their home in Cambridge. And Longfellow got burned himself as he was trying to put it out, but it was too late for she died the next day. Because of his own injuries, he missed her funeral and he began growing the trademark beard that you see in this, in this photograph of his later life because of the facial scarring. And he fell into a very dark depression and quit writing. Despite being a zealous supporter of abolition for slavery, Longfellow refused to allow his son Charles to join the army. But in March of 1863, Charles, Charles joined anyway, signing his dad's name to the papers, and in November, Charles was severely wounded in Virginia and sent home. He was safe but not sound, arriving right at Christmas time. Longfellow later wrote to his friend Henry Ingersoll Bowditch, and that's a mouthful for kids to have to write in kindergarten. He said, The death of the young men in the war makes my heart bleed whenever I think of it. How much I have felt for you, I cannot tell, particularly on that cold December night when I came back with my son and saw you at the station and knew that yours would come back to you no more. Pardon me for touching that wound. It is only that I may tell you how deep the impression is. And so this is the landscape about which Longfellow wrote his poem, Christmas Bells. The original poem, like the psalm, begins with an, with an image of, of merrily ringing bells, a marker of the, of the incarnation, and a, and a herald of sacred things. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. The bells reminded him of everything that should be made right by the sound of Christmas, peace on earth, goodwill to men, wrongs made right, night crossing into the day, everything bright and holy. But Longfellow could not grasp the joy of the season in in light of the loss that he had experienced, in light of what was going on in his country. His heart was heavy, not just from his personal tragedy, but from the civil war that was being waged. This was to be America's bloodiest conflict. The unprecedented violence of battles such as Shiloh, Antietam, Gettysburg. They shocked citizens and and international observers alike. Over 60,000 died in captivity after surrendering. Hundreds of thousands died of disease. Roughly 2% of the American population, an estimated 620,000 men, lost their lives in the line of duty. Taken as a percentage of today's population, that would be about 6 million people lost The penultimate verse in his poem was a cry to heaven. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth. Goodwill to men. But the bells of Christmas would not be silenced. There was something about them that reminded this grieving husband and, and, and worried father of what was still true. War, evil, injustice, pain, loss, loneliness would not have the last word. The bells reminded him that there was reason for hope. The bells of Christmas seemed to say, Don't give in to doubt. Don't give up your faith. Believe, believe believe war evil injustice pain loss wouldn't have the last word and so his poem took a surprising turn even considering his unitarian faith longfellow finally brings the gospel to bear in the seventh and final stanza of christmas bells this stanza stands as a triumph a thrill like the bursting forth of easter sunday Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. Even in such a valley of death, Longfellow's faith held fast. Where is God in this? Where is the justice? He asks. He is here, working beside us. It is coming, he answers. Folks, over 2,000 years ago, God came in the flesh, Emmanuel, to bring us hope in the form of a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger. This fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy from 600 years earlier, where the prophet wrote, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. The bells, the Christmas bells remind us of the hope that that child brought to the world on that night in Bethlehem. A hope that we can remember, a hope that we can embrace, a hope that we can believe in, just as it says on that little bell in your hand, to believe when we hear Christmas bells. So ring the bells this Christmas. Ring them loud and strong. And dare to believe that the best is yet to come.
1: I heard the bells
0: on Christmas Day
1: Their old familiar carols play And wild and sweet the words repeat Of peace on earth, goodwill to men I thought as how the day had come Belfries of all Christian It rode along the unbroken song of peace on earth, good will to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no For hate is strong And mocks the song Of peace on earth Good will to men Mm. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep God is not dead Nor does he sleep The wrong shall fail The right prevail With peace on earth Good will to men Till ringing, singing On its way The chime, a chance sublime, a of peace on earth, peace on earth, good.